Hello, uh, this is Victoria and Sam. Sam, why don't you tell us about yourself? Hi. Oh, oh, okay, it's still there. Sorry. Yep, yep. I'm Sam, and I don't know a lot about technology, but I do know quite a bit about dogs and dog training. <laughs> but I was a little thrown off by this whole live thing. Right. It's cool. Yep. So we have a podcast called Service Dog Success, and you might know it as Service Dog Secrets, but you know what? They're not secrets anymore. Mm -hmm. We're telling the world. So we figured... Change up, right? I change things up quite a bit. And Sam here has been with us for close to a year. Mm -hmm. You know, your anniversary coming down here, I think, is February 10th. Nice. So Valentine's Day. It is. And we have two litters of puppies due right after, and it's going to be amazing. But Sam and Ray have been down, and we've been doing a lot with them this past year. And part of what we want to do, part of our goals is for this year for 2023 is to revive the podcast i think we only did like half a dozen episodes last year oh well we're gonna breathe new life into it this year wow. yes and as we do it we have this going live on tiktok pot service dog and on our facebook live under hope service dog so you can find us there for up to the minute info we post quite frequently but for this we'll, we'll take it we will extract the talkie bits and stick it up on our well up on youtube too yeah wherever you get your podcasts really and and podcasting yep so today's episode though is going to be all about traveling with your service dog because vicky just took a fun trip to new york new york new york the big apple yep bert is now a new yorker mm -hmm. he new came home barking with an accent it was so weird right <laughs> it was um so we figured that would be a great one to kickstart this now, what we tell you could change tomorrow. You know, like they have a habit of doing that, which yep, is a pain. The airlines. They're yeah. fickle. They are. Well, airlines are fickle. Has it only been a year since they came out with that form, or has it been two years? It's been two years because it was the last time I traveled with Ginger when they told me that it had only been like in in existence for a few months at the point that I was okay. traveling with my retired service dog. She, well, she was a service dog at the time, but she retri retired shortly after this trip. Okay. Okay. So flight requirements currently, now every airline is different, but one thing they all have in common is this wonderful paperwork. And you can find it's the DOT, the Department of Transportation, service dog flying paperwork. Now there's two forms and one of them is the normal fill out form that your dogs like tested or, you know, with like has rabies vaccine and is good. And the other one is if you do flights over eight hours that your dog can hold it or relieve themselves in a sanitary manner. Mm -hmm. Like peeing in the toilet? Yeah. We'll go with peeing in the toilet. Okay. Um, so I have not done a flight over eight hours. I pan. For a while. Uh, but you do have that paperwork to fill out, and that is a requirement. But where each airline is different in the age that they consider a service dog, uh, one of our pups just flew home at 16 weeks old as a service dog. Now, service dogs in training are usually not allowed, so I was very happy whenever this pup was allowed to fly home um, as a service dog, so he did not have to be crated, and he, he could fly at their feet. I thought that was pretty awesome. Did they have any, like, did they have a... On this airline that they used, was there a third party that like evaluated whether her dog was service trained or anything like that? Or did they I just take know. her word for it? I don't know. I know we had submitted the information. So the paperwork 
Every airline's different on how you submit it back. I just flew with Frontier and I could upload it ahead of time. And they wanted you to upload it so many days beforehand if you could. Now, if it's a last minute flight, you don't have that option. Um, but sometimes they call the, what is it, the CO, right? Mm hmm over to look at your dog and assess if your dog is a service dog and it's like well who gave him that power yeah i'm not sure who qualified him as yeah. service dog police but i want to be a service dog CO, police the co in any airport is the service dog police yeah which is like the complaints officer yep which is weird like why so you're already assuming that people are going to have complaints i do with this dog <laughs> right. no i have complaints about them yeah <laughs> can i complain about them um, and, and they could be power hungry jerks, but they could also be very nice depending on who you got, just like with everything in life. I've been at the same airport and dealt with two different COs cause it was a change of shift. And the first one I dealt with who told me everything was going to be fine and I had everything in order was super nice. And the second one I dealt with completely contradicted everything the first guy said earlier in the day and was not super nice. So I don't know. It's like on a whim sometimes, which I know is scary, but yeah. we're going to give you all the information we can to yes. make sure you're prepared. Yes. So yeah, check your age, make sure paperwork, um, make sure that you submit it in whatever timely fashion it needs to be submitted in. Uh, I have heard from, you know, from adults who get freaked out about it too. You know, they want to make sure that they get everything in right. And you know, just like with a lot of legal stuff, it's not always very clear, which can be a little bit scary whenever this is your lifeline. What happens if you get to the airport, which might be hours away from where you live, and you're told that, no, the dog can't fly? Hey, I'll tell you what happened. Tell me, Sam. You cry. <laughs> so <laughs> on the last trip I took before I retired my service dog, I was unaware of this new paperwork. It was not previously when I had flown with her. She was nine at the time. We'd been working together for several years. There had not been paperwork. There was just is she rabies vaccinated? Great, here you go. There was no, so when I went to the airport to fly to Arizona with her, and I only showed up the two hours in advance because that's what you do. I actually only showed up an hour and a half because I'm late for a lot of stuff. But they tell me that she kind of, well, first of all, they didn't tell me anything because the guy didn't realize that I had a service dog who checked me in. And then whenever it was time for me to go through security, they're like, hey, this dog can't actually board the plane. Did you know that? It's like, what? No, I did not know that. They're like, oh, you don't have your little slip? You didn't get, you didn't file the forms? And no, I had not. But I did cry, 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 and someone came over and they called the head office. They had me fill out the form. They faxed it over to them immediately and then called the head office to get the person's eyes on it that needed to approve it. That's, that's why you want to do it in advance because that person has a lot of paperwork to go over and yours is not just going to slide in at the top of the pile. Mine did because I cried. <laughs> and so unless you have airport. Sam tears. And you're in a smaller airport. Yeah, the smaller airports are nice about that. Yeah. So. so they got me through, but then I had an issue later coming back because I guess the special call that they had made three days prior when I had gone to Arizona did something with the filing of the paperwork because then when I went to come back from Arizona... They said they had no record of my paperwork, so I had to do it all again. But that time I had gotten there early enough. They still had to do the call and make the lady look her eyeballs on it and approve it again, but I missed my flight. So so what I recommend doing is anytime you travel, now there's a PDF, I told you that, that Department of Transportation has two PDFs. Fill that out ahead of time, guys, and save it on your computer. 
right? So then it's all typed out. There's not going to be any, well, I didn't see that your name was that because you have chicken scrawl handwriting, right? So save it on your computer, save a copy of it on your phone, print a copy of it and stick it in your bag, not the bag that you check, your carry-on, your purse, your personal item, whatever you want to call it, put it in your shoe, just have it with you every time that you travel, even if you submit it. They did tell me that once I was approved, I would be approved for that dog for her life. So as long as it was that dog. That's not the case anymore. Oh, so it's already changed since two years ago. Pardon. Yep. 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 I don't know. Nothing turns out. (laughs) Put an extra copy in the vest pocket too. Yep. That's perfect idea. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a large service dog and I'm wanting to stay in a hotel. What would you recommend? Pet friendly or not pet friendly? We're going to get to hotels in a second. Yep. Yep. Maybe longer than a second, but now you get to stay tuned and find out. And I'm going to write that down here, pet friendly. Versus not. We have our, our list here of what we want to make sure we cover with you guys today. Uh, now, some planes, some airlines are doing um, outsourcing to a different company. And it's a terrible company. JetBlue is one of them uh, that, that's using this company. And the company uh, gets to decide, I think it's called like, open air or something, open access, open arms, something weird. Uh, So we, you submit to them, right? You fill out the paperwork, that that paperwork that you fill out, but you fill out through their like PDF filler and they get it and they get to decide whether your dog is a service dog or not. And a client had filled it out and they said, no, your dog's not a service dog. And I said, yes, your dog is. So you can put down there your trainer. Now, if those of you who are owner training, you can put yourselves down. Uh, The client put down Hope Service Dogs, which was accurate. And they came back and said, no, Hope doesn't train service dogs. Yeah, I don't know know where they got that. I don't know what I've been doing here for a year then. Right? Yeah. So we went back and forth. I filled out a form for Albert and they said, no. Hope doesn't train service dogs. That dog's not a service dog. And the tasks weren't service dog tasks. And it was um, medical response to, or um, monitor and respond to my medical condition, um, provide recovery afterwards, retrieves, uh, deep pressure therapy. I had a few other ones on there, light mobility, a brace, um, counterbalance, forward momentum pool. And they came back and said, no, those aren't tasks. And I'm like, yes, those are tasks. Uh, and they finally, finally, after we complained, Uh, They came back and said, oh, okay, like the third or fourth time. Yeah, I guess that's a service dog. So how long did that appeals process take you? Uh, I think about two weeks. Oh, my gosh. So she had to start this. Like, Could you imagine if she just started that the day she was supposed to travel? Can you imagine if I actually had a flight with them and I was waiting for it? That would be terrible. I didn't have a flight. I was just doing it to be annoying. Yeah, if you had been in my position and needed all that two years ago. Yes. Or think, uh, well, they might have American appealed Airlines. me by now. American, oh, yeah, they might have gotten to you by now. American Airlines is who I dealt with two years ago that had the issue. And they were, they were kind. They tried to be kind and they did get me on another flight that was no additional cost to me, but it was like five hours later than the flight I was supposed <sighs> to be on. So they yeah. did make it right as much as they could, but... How long to fill out the form in advance? As early as you can. Like, check the, uh, each airline has their own, right? And it's usually under, like, special help, special assistance. Um, you can Google. You can call. Now, I don't like to just call because I want something written. Mm-hmm. So I will get on and email them. 
or I will chatbot them. And if I chatbot them, I will screenshot it and I will save that where I can access it through my phone in case I get there and they give me a problem. And if I email, I'll print out the email and I will save it on my phone. Also, you know, is unread with a flag so I can find it pretty easily so that they give me any hard times. So I can just say, what? Yeah, like the first CEO I talked to that was nice and told me everything I had was in order. This was a separate travel occasion, by the way. <laughs> and the second CEO that I talked to saying, no, nothing the first CEO said was correct and he didn't even believe he had said it. But if I had had that written down, yeah. he could not have denied that the first CEO had told me everything was in order. Yeah, that's... So keep record. Cover your butts and your dog's butt and your dog's feet. Um, So yeah, so make sure because this company, they need to go, right? They totally need to go. If the airlines want to have this added um, hardship for us, then they need to not pay a different company that's going to be a wanker to take care of it. Uh, My dog won't ride a service dog need for her dog until I bring to... Okay, so your doctor, unless your doctor's a dog trainer, your doctor really doesn't get to decide that. So what I'm going to tell you to do um, is go into your patient portal, guys, where you can log in and and pull up all your medical records and print out where it says what you're diagnosed with. Then you have that. So your doctor doesn't need to write a letter, and it doesn't ask for your doctor. It asks on this form for your veterinarian to prove the rabies was given. I don't know if they call them or not. Uh, and the name of the trainer. And I have had phone calls. So if people put us down for phone calls, I want them to tell me first because I've had a couple phone calls where they wanted to verify the dog and they don't want to do it until I'm on the phone with them. If they would send me an email and say it, well, then I can reach out to the owner just so, you know, we can talk, make sure that the dog's ready for it and what tasks, right? Because if I say medical alert and they say something else, you know, like it might look fishy, even though the dog might have six different tasks and she gave one and I gave two, you know? Um, so yeah, yeah, we, we don't want, uh, we don't want there to be any, any more problems than what there needs to be. Okay. Uh, when you're getting your seats, after you get your seats, you can call them up or you can just try to reserve it and go for bulkhead. So one of my favorites is when I fly Southwest. Because not only do you get to check two bags for free, which is nice, and they provide snacks. Frontier did not provide snacks at all. Not even a little package of two peanuts or a cup of water. Everything was a charge. So we didn't get anything. Cause How long was the flight? Like three two hours? hours? Two hours? Two, oh. two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if it would have been longer, because they had the little pricing guide in there. So you can buy stuff. And I was like, no. Yeah, no. I'll just wait for two hours next time, bring my own snacks. Right, that's what we did. Yeah, unless it's really desperate. So I like Southwest. Southwest, you board first, right? With the service dog and a wheelchair, it's like a trifecta. And I get to board first, and I pick bulkhead seating. So that's that first row uh, where you don't have a place to put your carry-on bag. It has to go above. Now, here's the other thing. If the airlines would put but you tuck under the seat instead of under the seat in front of you, mm-hmm. all of that would be fine. But we flew this time in the second row. So we did have, and he could tuck underneath the seat in front because for some dogs that provides some more room and Bert's only about 60 pounds. So it worked out well for him. But watch it because you want to 
definitely look into the plane that you're getting on. So just because you, especially some of these smaller airlines have smaller airplanes, yes, or if you're going on very short flights, like I'm from Wyoming and the flight from Casper, like I would not fly out of Casper, Wyoming. Um, I would drive to Denver and then fly out of Denver because the little puddle jumper planes in Casper physically could not accommodate my service dog. There was not one there that she would be able to fit comfortably under the seat in front of me or anywhere I felt would be safe for her. Yeah. So yeah. make sure you don't just book a flight and assume the plane will be, be able fine. to accommodate your dog. Yeah. Check what planes you are getting on. They're not all created equal. They're and not, no. No, and, and it is hard whenever Gainesville would have those little tiny puddle jumper planes. <sighs> and they drive you to or fly you to Orlando and then you'd fly out from Orlando. So living an hour from Orlando now is a lot easier. Yeah. But yeah, we would, uh, you know, I'd call up the airline. I'd be like, hey, I just booked. Uh, now we could have done that with this one and tried to save the $70 a seat each way per person. Uh, for mom and I, we paid the extra 70 to upgrade to the to front. To the bulkhead in the front. But I was like. <sighs> yeah, if you have the $70, just spend it on the bigger seat. It's going to be so much easier for you. And then because we did, I think it's because we did, they, um, they didn't put someone between us. You know, as they were loading up, someone was with us. Mm-hmm. And so I was window, mom was middle. And we had somebody there both times. And both times they asked them to move. Mm-hmm. So then we had the whole row of the bigger seats. And nice. that was nice. So they can be kind and accommodating. Right. But I had um, one flight that I took with my retired service dog where we originally were on a big enough plane. We were. But then that plane had issues. And they switched us to a smaller plane, which she then did not fit on. And their entire, like the people in the bulkhead seats did not want to give up those seats. They were already full. So the only thing, luckily, that was able to work for us was the guy next, the two men that were sitting beside me on either side were willing to give up their foot space. Like they let their bags that they were going to put under the seats in front of them be checked under the plane so that my dog could kind of curl around, which still didn't feel great for any of us. None of us had foot space. But it was the only way she was going to get from point A to point B without me having to stay overnight. Yeah. Yeah, so. we, we've had to do that. Uh, and if I have a choice between bulkhead or I get a whole row to myself, often I will choose a whole row to myself back by the back toilets. I don't care if I can have a whole row to myself and then my dog can stretch out. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful. And it turns out, because I get sick whenever I fly um, from the dysautonomia, not like from the flu or anything but just it's wonky right on the nerve on the um, autonomic nervous system so if i sit crisscross on the seat it's a lot easier but that means i need to seat beside me or i'm like eh, and then i'm not a pretzel so find that out so i was like oh that must be why i like to have the three seats for just me i don't even want to sit with rich and luke at that point because well we will do that we'll book the three seats together um southwest has given me an extra ticket so i can put it down to reserve that seat beside me so people don't come and that's been nice oh, that is nice Right? It was super nice. I was very happy. Uh, And it's usually a little more room and a little faster loading and unloading on Southwest because they do check the two bags for free per person. So there's no sense on people. I have to log everything on here and stick it Not all airlines are created equal is what we're telling you. Definitely. They're not all created equal. Um, But yeah, so so check those out. Uh, When you get to the airport, if you are checking your bags, right, go to where you check your bags. If you are not checking bags, like we just did two per, a personal item for each of us, for my mom and I when we flew up to New York this weekend, and my smart drive bag, which they did not try to charge me for. Nice. They didn't even mention it, which I thought was good. We figured that was Bert's bag. But 
we didn't have to go there. We could just walk right through to security, right? Which was really nice because we got to skip that whole long line uh, down there and we got to go right, right up to security. So if you don't know, you know, what do I do if I'm not checking a bag? Just go right to security or, or ask somebody, but don't, you don't have to wait in the line for an hour. Like poor Jessica had to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of long lines, I know not everyone who's watching this podcast is going to struggle with the same um, disabilities or hardships. Uh, me, myself, I had an incident the first time I ever went to IACP flying with Ginger and we were in the Denver airport and I was running late um, and it was so triggering for me to yeah. be in that line waiting for everyone and I was running late because they had it was not my fault I had gotten held up at the check-in counter for issues with the airline so then by the time I got to security at DIA which was a mile long and I had my dog and she hadn't pottied and everything was just stacking up and before I knew it my anxiety was through the freaking roof I was shaking crying I was about to pass out I'm utilizing my service dog I'm doing everything I can and someone comes over like someone who just worked in security and taps me on the shoulder and says do you need to get out of this line yes Jesus take me out of this line and he so if you're struggling find somebody a lot of people there like we talk crap on the airlines but a lot of people that work there are just people that work there and want to help you so don't don't assume that everyone's out to get you yeah find someone to help and ask if you have a question just ask you know what are they going to do say haha that's a stupid question yeah i guess it was wow maybe my dog will bite you <laughs> you know like just ask if you have a question so like when we get to the tsa line if I'm in my wheelchair, so I, I now travel with my own, which is nice, but when I wasn't, I would request the wheelchair. So they'll meet you down there, they'll wheel you up and through and leave you at the gate and then pick you up at the gate and take you to baggage. So I've done that a few times, um, but with having my own, it makes it easier to a degree, but they put me even beforehand, right? Whenever it's just me and a service dog, well, way back when, when it was just me and a service dog, we'd go through the wheelchair line so now they send me because I'm in a wheelchair, but oftentimes they will send you if you have a service dog and sometimes it takes a little bit longer because it's the wheelchair line, but it's usually not as busy. So yeah. you can ask for that too, or just go through it and be like, they said I could do it on a podcast somewhere. Do it. Like, what are yeah, they, they going to do? Throw you, throw you in airline jail? <laughs> My might. dad works for the TSA and that's not real. <laughs> anyway. Um, there is airport jail. Um, so yeah, so check that handicap line if that helps you. And I don't know what the right term is for that, so we're gonna call it the handicap line. Yeah, just if you need help, find it if you can. And in an airport like DIA, there are people all over that work in that place. Right. So get help. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you are traveling with a crate, I have traveled with a metal crate before, uh, just because they're a little more sturdy than the fabric crates. We did the fabric crate whenever Roma and Gypsy went to um, Clearwater mm -hmm. Conference. and they started rolling the crate and then they tore the top of it. So I don't travel with, with canvas crates anymore. Um, but you can check your dog's gear for no cost. So you could check, you can go where you check your bags and you could check your dog's crate. Zip tie it, be careful. Holly said that whenever they arrived here, um, they just flew down with Angus and flew back. Uh, the crate pan was cracked. So they had to stop on the way home and get duct tape to try to duct tape. And of course that's not covered because who knows why? Because airlines. Yeah, you, I guess they couldn't prove that 
yeah. it wasn't cracked before she put it in or something right so what do you do if you're going to do that take pictures before and after if you're checking like your wheelchair to go under the plane um if you're checking your bags like take pictures of it before and after what's mm-hmm. it gonna hurt you just delete them when you're done if everything's good yep um so crate tsa um so hold on i'm gonna take a minute we were getting some here no you don't brace on a dog for every step that you take um someone's asking about uh, bracing their bodies aren't built like that i heavily disagree am i right uh where did she start asking or he another question i saw someone say you shouldn't do bracing on any dog because their bodies aren't built like that okay i heavily disagree but are who's right i highly doubt they're right because bracing is done on so many dogs and so is backpacking but I want to make sure. So if, I talk about this a lot, safety and tasks. If you're going to do bracing on a dog, the dog should be at least two years old with closed growth plates, orthopedic vet approval, right? Uh, you have to watch the weight that you put on the dog. Always. I don't care if you weigh 100 pounds soaking wet and your dog's 150 pounds. You still have to watch it because you're putting weight on their back. And if you're doing brace, it is, I like a lift up brace more than a push down brace because it is a little safer for the dogs um and it's while the dog is steady mm-hmm. if the dog is walking and you are bracing on the dog because you don't want to use a wheelchair walker crutches cane whatever you're doing it wrong you need to do it only when the dog is standing still only for that short amount of time if you're like well i need help getting upstairs take an escalator and elevator well it's not there yeah it is it's easier if not it's going to be okay dog stop brace step up and then you're going to be putting more weight on. Like, there's handrails. Mm-hmm. Like, your dog can do special, amazingly awesome things, right? Medical equipment can do a whole bunch, too. So use the dog where the medical equipment won't work. Okay? So, sorry. I, that's that's one and of my... we might my... do a whole other topic on bracing. Like, yeah. as we get deeper into this pod. This is not the only episode to come. Yeah. Um, because that is something we get asked about a lot and it is something we see a lot of people doing improperly yeah so safety with tasks is on our master list now mm-hmm. safety with tasks. so thank you perfect that's a good one to put on there yes uh okay so when you're at tsa so we got you to the line we got you to the front of the line they're gonna take you through you put all your stuff into the bins you take your shoes off which is so much fun unless you pay the extra for clear which psh, i'm cheap the last time i flew they didn't even make me take my shoes off they change their minds all the time right <sighs> Um, so we get up there. Now I divest my dog. I de-harness my dog as much as I can. And I put that through. So my dog, like Bert went through on a flat collar. Whenever Arrow was doing it with me, when Gypsy was doing it with me, I got, I'd get cocky and I just take them. They're naked and we go through because they have to touch down. They have to pat down anything the dog has on. So if the dog's wearing a flat collar, they're going to pat down the flat collar. Uh, if the dog's wearing a harness, they're going to pat down the harness. If the dog's wearing booties, they're probably going to make you take them off because they want to check everything. So this is a great time for name game. Tell us about name game, Sam. Name game. Name game is a fun way to actually explain to the dog the things that are going on around them and the items in their environment. So when done correctly and in not just this one specific instance. You have to train this. You have to do work ahead of time so that when you do encounter something um, unknown, like a metal detector or a stranger that's gonna touch your dog to be able to feel them, you can actually tell your dog what's going to happen and help them 
feel secure in it. Helps them feel calm, cool, collected, ready to rock it. Not nervous, scared, or possibly reactive. Yeah, and, and if there is a possibility that your dog's going to snap at somebody if they touch them. That dog probably shouldn't go through the airport. Yeah. Because you never know. In Service airport. dogs are not rehab projects. Mm-hmm. So even whenever I took my Malinois with her, my Malinois was Arrow, I never worried about it. Right? Because he was going to be fine. Um, but think of that and remember that. <clears throat> what else does your dog need? Um, there's going to be the pat down to go when you go through the metal detector. So there's the, the put your hands up and scan you. Whee! And then there's the old fashioned metal detector. So often what will happen is put your dog in a sit stay or a down stay. You walk through. It doesn't beep. You call your dog through. If you're traveling with somebody, they will hold on to the dog. Or if they don't realize that you're traveling with somebody and they want to be weird. When we left Orlando, I didn't tell you. Um, he's like, can you hand me your dog so you can go stand in the hands-up machine? And I'm like, I never stand in the hands-up machine. Mm-hmm. I usually go through the metal detector. Yeah, well, so-and-so wants you to go through the hands-up machine. Okay, like, so Seriously? So he held on to my dog. And, of course, Bert's trying to get to me. And he's like, um... And I'm like, have fun with him. That's my mom if you need any help. Because, no, like, he's going to try to get to me. You're trying to separate us. There's a bunch of chaos going on. Seriously? Like, you couldn't just let me go through the metal detector like a normal person? I had to go through the hands-up machine, and then I'm standing there forever, and I'm like, you got me standing for a minute. Any more than that, and I can wind up on the ground. So tell me when to get up whenever you're ready, because you only got me for so long. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, So we go through there. And then we get all our gear and we go, we sit down and we, we re-gear the dog. We re-gear us. Our shoes go back on. The phone goes in our pocket. You know, the bag gets hooked on the back of the chair again. All the fun stuff. Well, speaking of, did you see what Jansport is doing? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're I have mine backwards. coming that's shipped. So I'm so excited because we had to, we had two uh, cases with just carry handles from mom and I. And she had to flump them around like a Sherpa. I felt bad for her. Uh, and I'd, I'd put one between my legs and kind of squeeze my legs together and it was kind of resting on the foot plate. Mm-hmm. And then we put the smart drive case just so it doesn't get hurt. Cause it's a, almost $7,000 piece yeah. of equipment. Right. So that went on the back of my chair when it was empty. Uh, and you know, it's a, it's a lot to deal with. So Jan sport backpack came out with a full size backpack and then like a half size backpack and it has a whole bunch of different connections, so you can use it with different pieces of medical equipment, including walkers. Oh, we could tell Callie's about that. Oh, She's yeah. seen that. We that should. would be a really cool thing. So they have it in like fleshy pink, black, and tie dye. But we got the black one because I figure, you know. And they even have like. It's slimming. Um, I liked the graphic that you showed me where it showed like all the different ways that you could yes. configure these backpacks and like which backpack you would need for what piece of equipment and how you could attach it on there. It was cool. Yeah. So I cannot wait. So next time we travel, that is my personal item will be my awesome backpack. And I don't have to worry about schlepping it. Yeah. It was a pain. And like I said, I felt bad for her because I'm thinking like people are going to look at it and be like, that lazy kid, why is she in the wheelchair when her mom's there and she's older? And I'm like. And carrying all her stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like I'll get upset because like people want to open the doors for me. And I'm like, no, they should have the buttons. Like I should be able to open doors on my own. Uh, you know, like I should be able to, to, to deal with this stuff on my own. Like, stop helping me. So I can get upset about that. Or when people try to like move your chair, they, they try to do that at the concert. Move some guys, chair? yeah, some guys like, here, I'll, I'll move your chair. And I'm like, you will not. I can take care of this. And it was like, 
um, parallel park in my chair because they wanted us to move over about a foot, but there wasn't a whole bunch of room. So it was a whole bunch of bloop, 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 bloop to get over there. It, it was weird, but we made it work, right? Because we had to get someone else in and there was a big slant and it was a whole big story. But you get through your metal detector and then you get to your gate, right? That's your next step is getting to the gate. When I get to the gate, I like to sit by the entrance where like you're going to enter the plane runway thingy. You know what I mean? So I like to sit over there. So then whenever they see me, they're like, oh, look, somebody's here with a service dog and a wheelchair. Okay. And I get to board first. I like to board first. Well, you shouldn't get special accommodations because you have a disability. Yeah. Yeah, I should. Because I've got like an hour a day that I'm decent and you've got like 24. So shut up. So uh, I like to sit there. Now, one time I didn't tell you this one. This is a good story. And I was telling mom about it because it was with Frontier, but it was years ago. It was whenever uh, someone and I were going up to Marina's workshop in North Carolina. And we are at the Frontier gate. And the guy comes over and we just said, you know, like, hey, we just wanted to introduce. I didn't have my wheelchair at the time. And I had candy with me, the Doberman. So this was her, not, maybe her first flight. I don't know. But we were there and he's like, yeah, whatever. So then it's getting time to board. And usually what they'll say is people with disabilities, people who need extra time, you know, parents of small children, uh, military, like anyone who needs extra time to board now is the time to board. So we get up there and he's like, what are you doing here? And we're like, well, we need the extra time because it takes a little time to get the dogs in and get them settled. Uh, you know, we had our tickets. It's not like we were going to try to like steal the best seat in the house. It was Frontier. So like we had the tickets. And, and he was like, well, you can't be here right now. I'm like, but you're calling the people up to board. You can't be here right now. Go stand over there. And he points to the side. So we move over there. And at this point, it was late at night too. It was like an evening flight. I don't do good in evening flights. I don't do good on flights in general. And I was just kind of like, fine. So we stand over there and then he comes over, walks like right through us. And he says, you have to move out of my way. I'm like, bitch, please. You so, want, he put you there. Yeah. So I, I said, where would you like us? Again. So he's like, go stand over there. So we go stand over there. And then he is like, anyone who needs extra time, he calls a second time. Anyone who needs extra time. And he, he told us too. whenever he's like, you got to move out of my way or I'm going to call security and get you guys removed. Like, okay nice Vicky's no longer here and uh, and so we stand over there and he's like who else needs extra room and there were some people there and they kind of like looked at us and looked at him and looked at us again and not one person moved people can be really awesome at times too and so he said fine I guess you guys can come aboard I'm like seriously like because that's what everybody wants to do is waste more time on a small plane like, I only do it so I can get in there, because if not, what happens, right? If you don't enter first, then you're stuck in a crowd with people moving slowly down the ramp and slowly into the plane and slowly down the aisle looking for your spot, and it's a pain. It's just easier, like, let me get on first. Let me tuck the dog under. Like, nobody even knows that there's a dog on the plane because yeah, people are self-absorbed. Yeah, if you let them get on first, if yeah. you have to, if you're in, like, zone three or whatever and you have to board and walk your dog down an aisle that has 150 people on either side of it already bashing out you know because kids are at the aisle seats going oh look what i can do people look trying, it's a dog people are trying to put their luggage up stuff is falling it's just yep. way safer and more time efficient if you get on first with that dog and put it where it needs to be and then let everybody else do what they need to do totally um danny asked if it was an electric or manual i've flown with both um, this time was the first time 
I think, flying with my manual. I've been using that more because it's a tie light manual with a smart drive and that's easier for us. If not, my electric chair is a fold and go. And if you guys get one, use my name and I get like a credit. So woohoo, then I can buy swag from them. But uh, the folding goes about 50 pounds. So for me and mom, I, I didn't want that even though it might have been easier because it's full electric. And this one, my smart drive, I have the dial. And if you get a smart drive, you must have the dial. So much easier. Um, so I really like that. But yeah, so when you're when you're there at the gate, like I said, board first. Like let them know that you're there. Sometimes they see you. And if somebody is giving you a problem, get somebody else. They are not the only person that works there. Might be. If they are, then kick them in the shins. They're the only person that works there. Who are they going to tell? No, I'm right. Kidding. Do not assault anyone. It's a joke. Unless they're jerks. <laughs> no, we're joking. We are do not we? condone assault. Are we? <laughs> um, do we recommend dog ear protection? So we had some, and I was going to bring it up uh, for the concert. And no, I, I, I've never used it. But it was also a Harry Chapin concert. So if you guys don't know who Harry Chapin is, if you've heard the song, The Cat's in the Cradle, you know, with like the dad who doesn't have the song. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. When, when you come coming home, son, I don't know when. We'll be together then. Right? Yeah. So like the saddest song in the world. But that was Harry. So he does a lot of folk stuff. So I wasn't expecting like death metal. And we were sitting in the way back of the theater was the wheelchair row. So I did not bring ear protection for him for the concert. And I have never used ear protection whenever we've flown. Um, I will use name and explain when we're loading onto the plane. I use name and explain for the takeoff and the landing and any rough spots. This was actually Bert's third and fourth flights. We had flown up in the spring. Uh, Rich's father had passed away. So we flew from Orlando to Milwaukee and back. And so this was his second round trip. And he was a pro already. The first time he was like, down? Why do I want it down? I can do stuff. And this time he was like, oh yeah, I know what to do. Even though it has been how many months, he got on and he fell right asleep. Yeah. Because I was debating, uh, name and explain, we'll go over it another time. Mm -hmm. So now, now you get to be on later. Yeah, we'll uh, get to it. It's on the master list. Right. And it is one of the 20 foundation skills that every service dog should have. Yep. 20 foundation, make sure that that is on it. And I've... it might be more than 20 now, I don't know. We have to. 20 plus foundation skills. 20 plus. We're going to put the plus on there. <laughs> Disclaimer. Um, so do you want to bring your service truck with you when you travel? So I was debating about bringing Bert this weekend because we flew up on Friday and we flew home on Sunday. And the day in between we had the concert. So do I want to bring him? I had my mom and she was like, I want a vest that says service mom. I'm like, okay. Um, but do you want to bring your dog? Sometimes you even though it's a service dog, right? You might not want to just because of whatever reason. We had a client, I was just telling Sam this before we got rolling, uh, who would go on a cruise every few months. And she had a little Cavalier, I love this little dog, her name was Hart. And she would come, she'd stay here, she'd get free run in the house, she'd take naps with me in bed. Like she was a great dog. And instead of taking her on the cruise with them, they just left her here with us. And it was easier all the way around. And that worked, right? She had her husband there with her 24-7, and then they got pregnant with a late-in-life baby, and they stopped cruising. So, like, I miss her, I miss Hart, you know, like, but sometimes that Don't happens. Don't feel like you have to take your service dog every time because they're your service dog, and if you can do it once without them, then surely you can do it always without them. Do what you need when you need it. Yeah. All right? Just like every other piece of medical equipment. 
Like there's part-time wheelchair users. There's Hi. You can be a part-time service dog user. It doesn't yeah. have to be every second of your life and every time you travel. Maybe there's every in- time you leave the house from the time you get that dog at eight weeks old until the dog dies, you must have them with or you. Or else it's not really a service dog. No. Faker! No, no, it's, it's not. Okay. It's it's fine. Like they need downtime. Like Bert today, he got to play with with Rick, and he's just chillaxing for a couple days because it it's it's tough on them, right? And we're gonna do one on goals and goal setting with your service dog. My goal for him for this trip was just that he does well. Like I want him to enjoy himself. Um, he was on a flat collar the whole time in the e-collar sometimes, but you know, like I didn't bring up anything else. I brought up a toy. I had to travel light cause I had to fit everything in a personal item. They probably would have checked or let me bring in one for him. But like I put his food, his toy, you know, supplements and everything else. Like I put everything in my bag booties for him just in case, uh, you know, I just made everything fit. And then mom kept asking, why is your bag so heavy? I'm like, cause I bought his stuff in it too. It's not just mine. Yep. Um, and there may be like, if you have to make a pros and cons list. Like, if you're yeah. debating on, should I travel with my service dog? Should I make the flight, make a first-time flight with my service dog? Put it down. Maybe you need to bring extra help for your first flight with your service dog. Maybe you don't take your dog for the first time on a flight that you're doing just by yourself. Maybe you do have to have a partner or your mom or pick a flight. That or you're your gonna, dog trainer. Or your dog trainer, yeah. I uh, know we're going to recommend the boys get to do that. Or Carolyn. We have Carolyn. She Carolyn, travels all the time. She travels awesome. I uh, travel like shit. Like, I, I don't like travel. I don't like flying. Sam drives all the time. I will drive thousands of miles before I will step on an airplane. Uh, so one of the things you could do too is sometimes airlines have really cheap deals. And you can fly from like Orlando to Miami for $25. That's a great first flight. No, it's a sucky first flight for some of the dogs is I have to fly across the country or out of the country. Now, sometimes it can't be helped. Like poor Percy, like his first flight was from here to the Pacific Northwest. Like you can't get it much further. But he was an ace because we had prepped him as much as we could for it. Uh, and, and that's fantastic. But if, if you have the time, if you have the availability, if you have the spoons for it, try the $25 local flights. And then you can just pack the stuff that you think he's going to need. You go there, you turn around, you come home. You know, like get a round trip. You don't have to go and stay at a hotel unless you really want to. Sometimes it's just doing that. Talk to the airline. See, talk to the CO at the air, airport, right, for the airline. And see if you can get on and go through TSA. Um, I'll see if you can get on the plane, you know, while they're cleaning it, prepping it, swi- switching it up. Um, if you have a small local airport, see if there's something you can do. If, if you could do a quickie with them. I'm not saying they're gonna. I know Blake does. But it's worth asking for Yeah, sure. Blake takes them to the Savannah Airport. And that's awesome. Yeah, I've taken, when I'm in Wyoming, my dad works for TSA at that teeny tiny airport I was talking about, the Casper Airport, that I never fly out of because the planes are tiny. But they will let me go through the security equipment and everything whenever they're not, they don't actually have a flight taking off because most days they only have one or two flights. But the airport is still open. Right. So I can just go in and they'll walk me through the security stuff. And if you're like, well, I want to practice this with my dog, which is a great idea. There's some things that we recommend you do to make it easier. Uh, name game. Mm-hmm. Two-finger touch. Yes. Oh, my God, a two-finger touch. If you have a really strong target on these two fingers, you can lead that dog everywhere and anywhere 
and that's gonna help in situations like if your leash gets tangled up somewhere, if you need them to tuck under tighter under that little seat in front of you, if you need to help them figure out how to get out from that tuck under that little seat in front of you. That's if what happened with Bart, he got stuck. With these two fingers, your dog is gonna be so, so grateful. Yeah, yeah, it's a fantastic tool. It's a focusing for your dog, right? Um, you also would, a sitter a down, to get through his TSA, a down while you're on the airplane. Uh, service dogs do not belong in seats. Have you seen that? There's a few of them where it's like the dog sitting on the seat and like looking back over at somebody who's taking the picture. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And every time I look at it, I'm like, dogs shouldn't be on the seats, guys. No. Uh, if you need the dog to get up onto your lap to perform a task, he should be in your lap and he should not be touching the seat at all. At all. Right? Or the one where it's like, oh, he's a military dog and he served our country. Well, then he should be on a military plane if you want to put him on a seat. He shouldn't be flying commercial on a seat. Like, that's going to get the dogs removed from the planes altogether because guess what? The uh, Department of Transportation does not fall under the ADA. They're separate. Okay? Um, so stop being weird. Um, so sit down and you need to stay for getting through security. And if you're like, well, how do I practice going through security? You can use a doorway in your house and put your dog on one side of it. Tell them to sit walk through, make a beep noise if you want to, or find them on YouTube, mm -hmm. and then call your dog through. Mm -hmm. uh, you can also, oh, that's why we have to go to Universal and Disney all the time with the dogs, is because there's security there to get through the parks now. Mm -hmm. So you can go through there and pretend like you're at the airport. They also have elevators, escalators, and moving sidewalks, all the things you may encounter in an airport. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. uh, also, I like to bring a toy while I'm waiting with the dog. So while we're waiting, I might pull out my Target stick, which is in my bag. I do travel with my fanny pack on. Uh, Target stick, Sam's showing you right there. You can get them on Amazon. Telescopes. You could do your two-finger Target while you're waiting. I do have dog's food and some Tritos in there. Um, don't be feeding your dog weird stuff while you're out traveling because you don't want upset stomach. Mm -hmm. If your dog does have upset stomach, Metrazionol, which is a prescription from your vet, or Propelectin, which is on Chewy and Amazon with no prescription needed, are really good to have on hand to bring, even if you don't think your dog's going to need it, there's always going to be a change in water. It might be. Oh, we have a question about what the other thing you said the other night for diarrhea, so it's probably those two things. Yep, that's one of the reasons I said it, too. Oh, that's I tied things it. together. You didn't know you saw it. No, it's good to point it out. <laughs> uh, and we're going to talk about hotels in a minute, Danny. Um, so, yep, stay on. Uh, Airbnb, I'm going to add on here, too. So I like to bring a toy for waiting. When I fly back, I usually have a key card on me from the hotel room because they have them and um, we'll practice retrieves with that. And that's better than practicing retrieves with a credit card where they can damage it. It's a hotel room key, you know, and it's not any good anymore. And also you can take, like get a small toy. If your dog's like, obviously I would never leave one of the full grown golden retrievers alone with something like this, but I can fit this little ball, this little squeaky ball in my pocket and use it to help you know, make them feel better, first of all, because it's something they like and it's something they're familiar with in an unfamiliar setting. So if you can bring the familiar to the unfamiliar, it immediately reduces stress, right? Give them an anchor point. And for a retriever, a ball is a pretty solid anchor point. Right? <laughs> you can also, those little stuffies that we like for the puppies, mm -hmm. great thing. You can put it in there. If you put it in with your food, It'll smell a little bit more like your food and your dog might want it more, but like something like that, we want to put in with food because we don't want the dog to eat it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, bring a toy for while you're waiting with your dog. It is about your dog. If you want your dog to help you, you have to help your dog. And the 50th time you fly, 
it shouldn't be like the first time you fly, right? Right. I mean, heck, even I told you the third and fourth are so much easier than the first one was. Mm -hmm. So that's why Vicky recommended maybe taking the cheaper practice flight that is just for training the dog. Yep. That's your goal. That's it. It's not going to be, well, I'm going to go down there and do something. No, it is to train your dog, especially if, if you travel a lot, you want it to be good experiences for them. Mm-hmm. Because whatever opinion they form on that first flight will make or break it. <laughs> yeah. You may end up, if you don't set yourself up for success and you have negative experiences on that first flight, you're going to have to do a lot more work on the back end to change your dog's opinion of the act of flying and yeah. the environment of the airport. Whereas if you can just make the first experience they have with those places, positive ones, done. Yeah, it's a lot easier. Mm -hmm. uh, so much easier. sailing from there on out. Yeah. Uh, and then if you're at the airport and your dog has to potty. Ruh -ruh. So this is too, if your dog is pee pad trained, even if you don't have a pee pad out all the time, like we keep them in with them until they're about four months-ish. And then if is they're clean, they don't need them anymore, right? It's in case of emergency potty here. Mm -hmm. It's not like potty here or yeah, giant. This is your go-to all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll have those and I'll go into preferably one of the, like the family stalls where it goes all the way down to the ground and put it down and see if the dog has to potty. But most of them have um, inside, because once you get past security, it's hard, right? Because then if you have to potty your dog, you have to leave security and go back through it again. <laughs> So you can ask, we have done it before at Orlando here because uh, our flight was delayed. And so we said, well, since it's, you're delaying the flight like three hours and we're already here, is there a place to potty the dog? And they said, no, now there is. But at the time it was a no. So they, Rich brought the dog that we had down a circle staircase onto the runway to see if the dog had to potty. And that was pretty cool to have that experience. But I made him do it because there's no way I was walking down a circle flight of stairs and back up again. That wasn't gonna happen. <laughs> Um, but you know, so you've got a few options. Also, there's usually potty places outside and if not, make a potty place outside. And if they're like, oh, that's not where the dog parties, too bad. That's where he potties. Can I see your service dogs, please? I'm in a wheelchair and looking for a service dog. Oh, you should check. Just go to the, um, go to the TikTok main page. Yeah. Bert is after on this. all over. The, yeah, after this. Stay with us for now. But Bert yep. is all over that thing. He is. And then our website's servicedogs.org. Um, we have Instagram, we have TikTok, we have YouTube, we have Facebook, and yeah, we put pictures and videos up all over. Yep, and I'm Sam Walker on Facebook, so you can find me she if is. you want. You can stalk her. Don't and stalk me. Sam the dog trainer on TikTok if you want to see Ginger. She's my retired girl. I'm currently without a service dog myself um, since I retired Ginger due to the CCL injuries and just getting old. She just had an 11th birthday. So Which is awesome. Yeah. So people always ask me how long do service dogs go for, and I'm like, it all depends on the dog. Gypsy was retired at like three and a half because of her back. Yeah, it wasn't fun. And Ginger made it until she did that CCL tear. Would she have made it forever? No. She would have gone out for some reason. Um, I hate that it had to be due to injury, but she was getting old when it happened and they retire at some point. They do. So it is good to have a backup service dog. Um, and you, you got to start thinking, what do you want? Do you want the same breed? Do you want a different breed? What breed are you going to go with? Uh, and we'll have a whole podcast on that too. Yeah, that's like one of the first things we wrote on the topics here was best breeds for service work, but we're not going to get into it right now. But I, you know what? I'm going to give them a sneak peek on what it is. <laughs> what is it, Vic? It's Goldens. <laughs> Especially from us. <laughs> if you want to prep them right, like take my 20 years of training experience, Sam's 10 plus years of training experience, Rich's, I don't know how many, and Ray's, I don't know how many. Two. 
and, and use it, right? Um, so driving. So you get to where you're going or you just want a rental car because it'd be cool to have a rental car. What are you going to do? Um, rental cars cannot charge you a cleaning fee. Mm-hmm. I might tell them that I have a service dog. I don't always, but they see it whenever I go to pick up. I'm not going to try to be sneaky about it and have Rich wait outside around the corner while I go in and get the car. Yeah, because trust me, they're going to see the dog here. They're yeah. going to see it. And then they're going to be like, oh my God, you had a pet dog in here. So yeah, I think it's best to just let them know when you go to rent the car that you do have a service dog, or at least after they give you the car, because you don't want them to give you the crappy one right. because you're going to put a dog in it. So at least after they've given me the keys to the car I'm going to get, then I'll say, hey, also just so you know, I have a service dog. So please don't accidentally add the clean fee on there. Will you make a note? And then they know that I know that I'm going to be looking for that cleaning fee and they are not allowed to charge it. But also don't be a jerk. Like don't let your dog make a mess in there. And if you can avoid a mess by like putting down a sheet or a towel or a blanket or something, be helpful. I flew with Delta. This was years ago. It's like six or so years ago. And it was a little chilly, so we got little blankets, and they're like these threadbare little red blankets, and that's what I would put in my travel bag. So you know how there's that stupid zipper on the front of your suitcase that you don't know what to do with because, like, nothing can really fit in there? Yeah, it's a tiny pocket. It's like you can put on a pair of your thong underwear, and that's it. <laughs> that That's what I had the little blanket in, because it was nice. a little threadbare bank blanket, right? What else could you do? Well, if, if you're getting new sheets for your bed, oh, now you have to get new sheets for the bed because the dog needs the other ones for when you travel. And you can do the fitted sheet because that'll fit around the seat a little easier. You can do the flat sheet. When I get rental cars, I like to have a van or an SUV. I do not like doing a normal car because I'm used to my giant Mercedes Sprinter and I'm like, I rise above everybody. So when I'm in a normal van, I'm like, oh my God, I'm like driving on the ground here. (laughs) Um, But I'll do the van or the SUV and I'll fold down the back seats for the dog. So I don't want them on the seat if I can help it. If they're on the seat, that's going to be more fur on the seat. Whereas if it's in the back and on that fuzzy, weird stuff, it's not as bad. Uh, plus, my wheelchair has to go back there. The luggage has to go. When Rich and I flew up, we each had a suitcase. We had Bert. We had my wheelchair, which was the electric one at the time. Mm. And we had a forerunner. And we had to keep that middle seat popped open because we went up and we took his mom somewhere. <laughs> and, and it was... Um, it was hard. Like, nothing fit in the back. And Bert's like, I've got this much room. And I'm like, I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah. So we fix that as much as we can. But definitely check and make sure they do not charge you a cleaning fee. And if they do contest it, you mm-hmm. absolutely can. And that's a benefit to paying with your credit card, too. Because a lot of times if you can't contest, like, if the rental company gives you issue, you can go straight to your credit card company and say, uh-uh, this was an Ill- illegal charge, unauthorized. They'll reverse it. Perfect. Um, and then, of course, fill it up whenever you're done. Uh, with gas to top it off for whatever and drop it off and you know get that final it's all good mm-hmm. um, you might want to travel with a lint roller thing and try to get it um, depending on how long you have it how fuzzy your dog is uh, you know we'll travel with <coughs> excuse me with a slicker brush so we can brush out the dog I, I groom everyone good before we travel you know you might need it while you're there i forgot it once and i had to brush the dog with my hairbrush they also make those cool like doggy onesies if your dog will tolerate having it on um emma uses them for sparkles and she always looks super we have them for whenever the mamas have surgery yeah and that can keep hair off the it's called injury. a shed defender that makes sense because it defends against the shed I right get, i get it i'm smart <laughs> <laughs> so um, I it's hard to read that while I'm doing, so let me 
do this um, and get through this. If you guys have questions, just message me. Um, Airbnbs, hotels and Airbnbs. Airbnbs I have uh, used before with the service dogs. And one of them gave me a hard time because she was like, oh, your dog riding up a bunch of mud. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Like it was muddy and wet in Missouri. We were out there for uh, gold school. Yeah, and I don't know. Is it's it different than the mud that was brought in on my feet? Yeah. No, I didn't let him up on the couch. I also didn't put my dirty feet up on the couch, so. Yeah, it was on a rug, and she was complaining. Well, she didn't leave me a bad review or anything, and she's like, just for next time, because we'd use it, because it was so cheap. Um, nice. But, you know, like, that was a little annoying. And, of course, clean up after your dog. I don't care if it's at the airport. I don't care if it's in, in the airport. That is the quickest way to piss me off, is let me see your dog take a poop and nobody pick it up. I hate that because I've picked up so many poops in my day and it's not fun. No one likes picking up a poop. Yeah. If you do, then keep that to yourself, you weirdo. <laughs> right? I like it. It's all squishy and warm. Makes my hands warm. <laughs> That's why I live in the South, so I don't have to worry about that stuff. But yeah, clean up. Just be considerate. Like, I like to believe that the kindness that we show others is going to come back to us. So we radiated back. Yes. We are just exuding positivity here. <laughs> So, hotels have been known, especially more recently, for asking if it is a service dog, it should have certification papers, which they're not. So, Sam was telling me a good one she did, which is, does your dog have papers? Yes. And then just produce nothing. And then when they ask again, well, what papers do you need? What are you talking about? You want my breeder papers? You mean, like, is she registered with the AKC? What, what are you asking? Huh? Rabies. Rabies? Yeah. Like, my dog doesn't have it, but, so I don't have papers. And just the fact that they ask something like that lets me know that they don't know what the hell they're talking about anyway. So if they want to give me a hard time, give them a hard time back. But and I've gotten into arguments with hotels about it, that there is no such thing. Well, is there anything you can bring us? Like, I can bring his rabies certificate. Okay, yeah, bring that. I'm like, okay. So now I'm just like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll bring whatever. Yeah, just tell me. If you want, just, you want me to write it down? Or you want me to write you a little note that my dog is a service dog? Whatever you want, just let me know that exact thing. Because when you just say, does your dog have papers? That doesn't, that gives me no information. And Nothing to work with. Canva is a free app slash website to create pretty certificates if you need to have a pretty certificate for somebody. And we are somebody. not advocating that people make fake, like that you try, that you make these things to pass your pet dog off as a service dog to avoid cleaning no, fees. No, no, no. Or... Um, to be able to take them places that they're not allowed. We are absolutely not advocating for that. No. Mm -mm. But we do understand that sometimes access can be denied for reasons that are not acceptable, like because you don't have you don't have the paperwork. There is no paperwork, man, and if there was, I would have it. Well, we can give them the DOT form now because that's official, Department oh. of Transportation. There you go. That's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Right. And people with all the IDs and stuff. And you know, Etsy now isn't selling anything service dog-wise. No IDs, no harnesses. I've heard that, which is weird. Crazy. Like, I get what they're trying to do there, but I also feel bad for, like, people that have made small businesses. Like, people we know that have yes. made really good products that we like to use for and our service dogs. Yeah. 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 And if they're not going to be able to sell there. Well, maybe something else will come up for it. You know, hopefully some of them will switch over to Insta and to TikTok and mm -hmm. Facebook to Places show off their wares. But it's hard when you're searching for something. You know, at least with Etsy, you type in service dog vest and a whole bunch of stuff come up. No, not anymore. Right? Mm -hmm. um, <sighs> pet friendly versus non-pet friendly. What do you prefer, Sam? For me, 
I prefer a pet friendly hotel because I want to give them the chance to give me a decent room. But if I go, like you can have a decent room at a pet friendly hotel, but if I go to a pet friendly hotel, tell them I have a service dog and they put me in a room that smells like cat piss, I will immediately step out of there and go, nope. And if they go, well, that's the only pet friendly room we have available. Well, this isn't a pet, this is a service dog. So you gonna put me in a room that does not smell like cat piss. Sam, tell me if you've had that as an experience, huh? Oh, I have, but I also stay a lot of like hotel sixes and stuff. <laughs> so I prefer a non-pet friendly hotel because I don't want to have to deal with obnoxious pets. Yeah. I also have one, like I have a pet, well, I guess both my dogs are pet dogs now because they've retired, but often I'm traveling with service dogs, service dogs in training and pet dogs. So that's why I choose pet friendly because it's easier for me to make sure everyone can be accommodated because maybe on one trip I've got two service dogs in training and on another trip I've got two regular pet dogs. You know. So for me it's just easier to go pet friendly. Yeah. Yeah. And they can. I've had some pet friendly experiences that have been phenomenal. Phenomenal. Good. So. Good, good, good. But on the whole non-pet friendly is usually going to be better for if you just have the one service dog and you don't want to run the risk of somebody's you know, off-leash monster Cujo running down the hallway. Yeah. Burp, burp, burp. Yeah, then pick a non-pet-friendly. Non yeah, and it, honestly, if it's your first couple times in a hotel, you might want to go pet-friendly and then decide what you think. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't know if your dog's ready for a hotel, try not uh, pet-friendly and see how it goes. Mm -hmm. And your dog does good there, you will be like, oh, God, cool. Now I, so, now I know he's not going to mess up the suite at the Ritz-Carlton. You know? Yeah, we're going to have pinkies out when we have our tea. Mm -hmm. yeah. But because we started at the Motel 6, we know we can come to the Ritz-Carlton and our service dog is not going to poop the floors. Or the Brownwood Hotel. That's pretty oh, shrinky. yeah. And it has the elevators. And the, isn't the Wolfgang restaurant like right next yeah, to it? Yeah, it is. Brownwood's nice. Yeah. I like <clears> Brownwood. <throat> um, sheet on the bed. So your technically service dog is not supposed to be getting up in the bed with you. So bring an extra sheet. Mm -hmm. And then you could get the nice pictures of your dog up in bed going like, hi guys. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And I will ask um the hotel for extra linens i will and then i'll use like if i didn't bring a sheet and then i'll use like i will wash them myself like i'll take one sheet and if you're in a hotel that has washer and dryer um motel six has that huh yeah they do a lot of them because a lot of people are living there <laughs> right um i'll get an extra sheet lay it on the top and then when we're done i'll wash it dry it leave it folded to the side for them and it just cost me the dollar seventy-five that it cost me to run the washer and dryer. That's nice of you, Sam. Yeah, well, I don't want to get in trouble. You know, like you said, they're not sure. supposed to be yeah. in the bed. Um, but I know for some of us, that's something we need. Like, yeah. they, my dog has to be able to come up into the bed to do some of the things that she performs for me, and that's just the way it is. Tough turkey. Yeah, tough turkey. Mm. Uh, so when you are at a hotel room, pet friendly different than non-pet friendly um do you leave your service dog unattended so if it's a pet friendly hotel i will but i like to crate them and they will tell you a lot of times they'll tell you um that if it's written expressly that your dog cannot be left in the room unattended then don't do it but some of them have differing policies on that so just make sure you know the policy for where you're staying and definitely bring a crate because they will charge you, if your dog damages anything in there, they will charge you six times what whatever they damaged in there was worth. Yep. And it's just safety, too. Because what if a cleaning lady comes in there and your dog's not in a crate and they're both startled and your dog runs out the door? 
what do you do? You're not there. Yeah. So it's just safer for everyone involved if you crate them. Most definitely. And if you're staying in a non-pet-friendly location, you cannot leave your service dog unattended. Mm -mm, that service dog has to be with you. They have made the exception for you to bring the dog in because you've said the dog needs to be with you. So now have the dog with you. I ran into somebody. I had Gypsy at Disney. And somebody I ran into and she was like, you have your service dog? I said, yeah. She goes, I have mine. Both of them, both of my service dogs are at the hotel room. But they told me I can't leave the dogs alone in the hotel room. You can't, unless you're saying it a pet friendly and it's permitted to leave mm -hmm. the dogs alone. You cannot, well, yeah, because I only need them at night for nightmare interruption. You need two service dogs at night for nightmare interruption. You can't leave them alone in there. Like, so you're at Disney, so you can use the Disney kennel, right? You can maybe find a daycare. The problem with either of those is if the dog's so worn out from the end of the day, are they able to wake you up through the night if you need it? And that might go back to considering, should I have brought my service dog on this trip in the first place? Or is there something else I could have done? Like as much as we wished, we could make the world perfect. You know, we could make it work out for us to where we could be, you know, equally accessible to all places at all yeah. times. Unfortunately, the reality is we're going to have to lose out sometimes and you're going to have to make hard choices like leaving the service dog behind or you know bringing a cousin who doesn't really want to go to disney but is happy to stay in a hotel room and play on the computer the whole time yep, and sit with your dog yep yep that that would be something that would be doable mm -hmm. right so you know when people tell me these things i feel bad for them yeah absolutely. because like that's got to be a hard situation to be in but also whenever you see me with my service dog and i look like a normal bodied person they're going to be like <laughs> yeah i'm sneaky my service dog <laughs> oh, I hate that when people act like we're like in some kind of cahoots. Here's the secret sign. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to do because not all disabilities are visible and don't. Yeah. Don't come at me thinking I'm not a rule breaker. Yeah. Mm -mm. Sam's a good girl. Most of the time. So Always how do when you it comes deal, to service dogs. right? With noise and traffic out there in the hall. Because sometimes it can be really loud, and, and you'll hear the doors slamming, and people loud, and arguing, and... Kids running up and down the hallways, going yeah. to the pool. And screaming, just mm -hmm. because they're kids. Unusual things. So you've got all this high traffic going on outside a door, a barrier, right? And usually your dog's experience with a front door is probably not that active, right? There's not people running past your home door all the time, or, you know, slamming doors that you can hear but aren't attached to your space like it's very odd for them it's an unusual experience so what we can do for them is that name and explain and again it's something you're going to want to have to you're going to want to have trained with previously if this is the first time you're introducing name and explain is when your dog is getting upset because people are yelling outside your door and running up and down the hallways and it's likely not going to do you much good but if you put the work in ahead of time it will be an invaluable tool to you to help your dog to become comfortable, settled, and able to do their job for you in an environment that is strange. And if you know you have a, a trip coming, maybe, it, how can we train for that? Maybe the dog is in a bedroom or a bathroom with the door closed, and maybe on the other side of it, you're gonna go on YouTube, because they have everything on YouTube, and find hotel hallway noises, mm -hmm. right? And play it and name and explain it. 
Or if you live in an apartment or you know someone that does, a lot of apartment complexes have conference rooms that are kind of dead center in the middle of the hallways that everybody kind of has to go by. Go set up in the conference room. Tell your neighbors, hey, can you let your noisy kids run past this door a few times? <laughs> or check out local hotels mm -hmm. and see. I, Brownwood has, oh my gosh, they have a gorgeous ballroom area. Uh, you know, and it's it's nice. We went there. We were working dogs there. I was up there with the client. It was super awesome. Yeah, you could just go. The noises and everything are going to be the same from outside the hotel room, right? If you just hang out in the lobby and let your dog hear those slamming doors, hear people running up and down the hallways, do the name and explain with them. It's going to set you up for success. Even though the situation is not exactly the same as when you're going to be in your room, it's very similar. Or if the guys get to be a little bit annoying, oh, we have to go train service dogs at a hotel, bye. Yeah. And it just happens to be Brownwood. And it just happens to be right next to Wolfgang. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so yeah, so you've, we've got options here for you, right? And that could be one of the biggest ones because you're tired when you travel, you're low on spoons. You don't know. Um, what else can you do? For what? There's going to be elevators. Mm. Guess what Publix is now doing? They're putting elevators in the new stores when they build them because we're bougie. So try to find elevators, and it might be beforehand, go to a hotel, go to a Publix, if you have a Publix who has elevators, go to a mall. Yes, you know they still have malls. Sam goes to them. I do. I like a mall. <laughs> she likes malls. Her and Rich are all, and Ray can be mall rats together. They usually have a Halloween, a spirit Halloween store in the malls. So you can go there and, and do the elevator with your dogs, right? Um, pool. What do you do in the pool? So there's indoor pools, there's outdoor pools. Guess what? Your dog can't go in the pools. He can go in the pool area, but he should not touch that water. And he should only go in the pool area if we are confident he's not going to drink the water and he's not going to urinate or defecate anywhere, right? Especially in the outdoor pool setting. And if you've trained your dog to be comfortable peeing and pooping on, you Different know, surfaces. concrete and stuff like is likely to be in the pool area, yeah. make sure they're not going to pee and poop there. Okay. Yeah, well, you don't want that. And they are absolutely not allowed to touch the water. Nary a toe should go in the water. They should be within a few, even not, they shouldn't even be a few feet within the deck, right? If you can help it. Sometimes you can't. But I don't want my dog walking that like six inches where like, are you going to fall in if you messed up? I don't know. Ha ha, look how sneaky I am. Don't do that. Mm -mm, they shouldn't be close enough to reach in and take a drink. Yeah, none of that. So leash, what should you do with the leash when you're in the pool? Keep it on them. Yep. What happens if I'm in the pool and it's just me? Oh, tough luck, right? Hold on to that leash. You got six feet of it. So what we've done before, when we were up in Gainesville, we lived in a condo and there was an outdoor pool and like no one ever used it. So it was fantastic. So when I didn't have clients or dogs to do, I would go over to the pool and I would tether my dog. I would bring a place board over. You can also bring like a mat or a bed for your dog, but something that's waterproof because you know, the water. the water yeah and florida so it rains uh i'd put him with e-collar on a tether where he knew place very well right so he was on place and i could be in the water and my remote was e-collar tech and it was waterproof yeah. so i didn't have to worry about it if he started to get up uh, -uh. now if he starts to get up what if it's for a medical alert that's why i don't train my personal dogs medical alerts anymore because they would be going all the time. Hey, 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 you don't feel good. You know you don't feel good. Yeah, I know. So I don't mind training other people's dogs for medical alerts because I don't feel good a lot of the time. But I don't want my own dogs bugging me whenever that happens, right? So I want them to stay there. And if, you know, something is bad and he comes to the edge of the pool, 
once he's older and he gets it better. Um, but this, we had Bert, we, Mom and I went up and used the pool. I went in the hot tub and she held onto his leash because there wasn't a place to tether him. And I didn't bring a place for because we were traveling as light as possible. And then she went in the, in the hot tub and I held onto him and worked on under. So we had him under. He found in the room, he found two bottle caps when we first were checking into the room and unpacking. And he was bringing us these bottle caps because he was so proud of himself that he found them. And then we're in the pool and there was a cup underneath the, the table beside where we were. And so he's bringing up this cup and he's like, hey, I found this too. Apparently that's what he'll do. So is he, the hotel should be expecting a, a bill for his cleaning fee. <laughs> uh, but also, yeah. someone should be cleaning under those tables and beds better. Right? Lord. But yeah, that's it. It worked out nice for him. And then the hot tub gets me dizzy and mom was dizzy and there are four I don't know, like late teens, early 20s girls in the pool, in the hot tub. Everyone wanted the hot tub, right? And uh, and and they were like, oh, I'm getting real dizzy too. So Bert was like, dude, everybody's dizzy and I don't know what to do. You're all dying. Right? <laughs> so that's something like, just, just get me out of here, buddy. So he's getting me out and he's like, well, I don't want to trip in that pool right over there either. So, you know, I felt bad. But our goal for that was just that he is exposed to that environment and does well. I didn't bring a toy for him at that point. I didn't have food because I'm a swimsuit on, not my fanny pack. And when you say does well, you mean remains calm or? Everything, yeah. I wanted him to remain calm. I wanted him to under, which he did. Um, I wanted him to be good with, with my mom holding on to him. Okay. While I went in the water and he was at a distance. And for that, he did have his e-collar on again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we had that figured. So then he was like, okay. And at first he was like, mom's across the pool. And so what did my mom, so what did grandma do? walked him over to one of the chairs by the hot tub once he was calm. So by being calm, he got to come over closer to me and then he found the cup. And then whenever I got him, we had to get a pool key. So we had to go, because the pool key wasn't with the room key. So we went over and he was trying to pick it up, but it was harder for him to pick up the key on the concrete. Yeah, go figure. (laughs) Easier on carpet, but so, you know, we we got that and he he came back over. Like I said, he undered, he did um, DPT on me. So he worked lightly while we were there. And it was all in all a very positive experience because we did that the first evening and the next two days that we were there, every time we walked by uh, the pool room, he tried to go into the pool area. He liked it. So he had a good experience. Excellent. That's what we like to hear. Again, that first experience is the one that sets the tone. Yeah. Yeah. somebody in here where to start with training my dog for service work he's a year old well start with foundational skills definitely train them like you would any other dog in the basics and really consider what tasks you need because um, especially for psychiatric work sometimes it can be a little uh, vague so try yeah. and be as specific as you can with your tasks and then train towards those goals and Check out our online course and check out everything we put up on social media. There's um, stuff about um, psychiatric response and stuff on the TikTok. There's actually a video of me doing some psychiatric stuff with dogs on the TikTok that you're watching right now. So check that out. Yep, yep. We have a whole bunch. Uh, Also, in case you didn't know, the hotel will have ADA rooms, which they will have like the grab bars for the toilet. Uh, the toilet might be a little different height. <coughs> Often they have roll-in showers. You know how much I love a roll-in shower? I don't need my wheelchair in the shower, but with the EDS, the Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, I will whack my foot. Like, my whole left side will get whacked all the time because I misjudge how far it is proprioception-wise. So propriose, uh, proprio, 
perception awareness is a task that I will train and that's with a good heel which is on my left side or side which is on my right side and so then if the dog's there hopefully I won't kick like the bookcase and broke my foot twice hopefully I won't do that again uh so walking over the tub can be harder so I prefer just walking into it because I know I'm not gonna whack my foot right plus then that's where the dog's water goes because it's easier and if he spills he's spilling in the shower anyway so that and I do have the wheelchair in the room with me usually so I like to get the ADA rooms but they do have them mm -hmm. so if you are traveling with a wheelchair that is something to think about sometimes they change the layout sometimes it's easier with the wheelchair sometimes it's harder sometimes it's more tiled less carpet they're all a little different but you can call up and you can ask uh, okay so that was the ADA rooms. We do not have info on trains and cruises because the only trains that I've been on have been the Hogwarts Express mm -hmm. and the um, Disney ones and the monorails. Mm -hmm. So I don't do like Amway and trains and stuff. A cruise is one that I would be really, really hesitant to take my service dog on. I just don't know how they would accommodate. So from what I've heard um, for cruises, so cruises don't just have like an airplane where you go from here to here right they have multiple stops and if you're going to take your service dog on a cruise you have to go to a special usda licensed vet because nala just did this oh nice right so maybe we'll get her on here and talk about that um but she had to go to a special vet and prove this stuff up ahead of time um she had to put in that it's okay to go to all those different stops even if she wasn't going to be on the cruise during that time she still had to put in whenever you get off at the cruise because sometimes it's in different countries you have to watch your dog coming on or off because they're going to have different things going on you know if your service starts in another country do they have the same accessibility as america no it's all different so from what i understand it's a little bit easier to do it and then just like somebody stays on board with the dog but then somebody's staying on board with the dog so it's one of those like i said heart would just come out here like it you don't have to have the dog with you all the time but you know decide and if this is what you want they'll also do like a from what i understand a, a like a kiddie pool with sod in it and they'll put it like on your balcony but then that means the only place that i can potty is on your balcony so if you're yeah. on the other side of the cruise ship you have to get over there to potty your dog and you would definitely want to do training in advance like know that your dog is going to relieve themselves in the kiddie pool on the like you need to make sure that that's going to be able to happen yeah and and it's also a good thing to have your dog trained for anyway because in case of hurricane mm -hmm. inclement weather snowstorm anything like that you might want to do that you know yeah, we did it, got it negative 20 in casper this past winter casper wyoming and there were people who had casper the ghost yeah <laughs> it got negative 20 in casper the ghost. well it's probably for you then. right no skin no blood right so if you have a basement you know that might work if you have a garage that might work um you know to put your pool with your sand but sam had made one up for our puppies here during one of the hurricanes mm -hmm. and we just brought it right into the dog room and they used it yep. but they were also trained from those little litter boxes yep so they were all i had to do was sprinkle sand and then sprinkle in some of the pellets now i didn't fill the whole kitty pool with she filled pellets. it this fill no she didn't it was a bear barely on there yeah it was mostly dirt and then some of the pellets that they had been used to using in it and they immediately knew what to do when they hit it so. yeah yeah we use pelletized bedding with the puppies yeah that's what i mean by pellets it's like the same kind of bedding you would use in like a horse's stall or something we get it from tractor supply yeah it's for horses yeah um we do have a question um 
Love you guys. Thank you, Kimmy. Thank you for sharing. Always sharing your knowledge. Always a great help. Sam, how often are you in Florida? Pretty more often than I'm anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. It's her regular. residence. She's it a is. resident, Holly. She's a resident of Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now Ray is, too. He got his right. uh, Florida license last week. Yep. And I have been holding a Florida license and a registered voter for, like, four or five months now. So I think September. Yeah. Yeah, since right after my birthday, because my license expired when I turned 30. So. And so what did we do? I, I moved to Florida, and I got a Disney Pass. Yeah. So, yeah, so we have those. Now, there are the two ADA questions. Oh, he says she's working on it. Um, is that a service dog required because of disability? And what task or work has the dog been trained to perform? Those are the only two questions. Only two questions, but like we just talked about, the DOT is exempt from that because that's ADA. Oh. Ah, so people be like, I'm going to report you to the ADA. Well, you'd be reporting to the Department of Justice, and that doesn't matter. And then with... Like hotels, I don't know where they fall under. But it's just a good rule of thumb to know the answers to those questions. Yeah, and then no matter what they ask you, because sometimes they don't know what they're supposed to ask, right? If you just spout off the answers to those two questions, the piece of information that they were looking for will be in those answers. I've got a good thing that happened to me. It wasn't a good thing at the time, but I didn't get all panicky like I can sometimes get where the adrenaline starts going. Um, before the concert, mom found a bakery, and so she wanted to get dessert for after the concert. And we were going to find a place to eat before the concert, but, you know, everything was going to be closed by the time we were done, because it was in Patchogue, Long Island, right. New York. I found out how to pronounce it. It's weird. But we go into this bakery, and she looks, and then she's like, okay, you know, then, then you can look. And I hold Bert, and I'm like, that's okay. Like, Bert can come with me while we're looking in the bakery, because everything was behind the case. He's not going to be like, mmm, cake. Or... <laughs> He's not going to do that, even if he could. So so she, but there was a bunch of people. So I was like, okay. So she went and, and looked, and then I went, and, you know, we picked out a couple things that we wanted, and Mom's ordering them. And one of the workers comes up to me, and he says, sir, to me, sir, dogs are not allowed in here. And I said, He's a service dog. Or service dogs are a lot. I don't know exactly what I said. And it was, sir, dogs are a lot in here. And I look at him and I go, full RBF. And I said, first, I am not a sir. And like kind of pointed to my chestal area. And he and he's like, well, yeah, but I don't look at that. And I'm like, please, you're a guy. And uh, Rich said I should have just called him ma'am. Ma'am. Yes, ma so, um... I said, service dogs are allowed, and he is a service dog, and he was also wearing his harness that had service dog embroidered on it. He was standing nicely at my side, but they saw a dog in the cameras, because they had a camera, and they had a big monitor showing the camera stuff, and so he saw, and he says, oh, and he went back and talked to somebody, and then he came back and said, sorry, and the girl who was helping us was profusely apologetic, and it's not like it was her fault, but... You know, just those two, not just saying service dogs are allowed. No, of course that. But this is a service dog. Mm -hmm. Oh. That clarity. Mm -hmm. So remember clarity. that too. And it's something that we practice quite often. And, you know, we'll spring on clients as we're just talking to them. Or if we're out at the grocery store, it might be like, hey, dogs are allowed in here. Got to get that dog out of here. And what are they going to do? Or they can give us pouty Sam faces. But we want it to be in every situation so then you build that muscle memory just like when you practice anything then you're much better at it mm -hmm. and it becomes a reflex response yeah 
So for that, practice it for these questions if you're going to travel. Yeah, for any of you that have ever done any acting or singing or anything, stand in front of the bathroom mirror and recite your lines. Right? And write it up first if you need to. Mm -hmm. Write up the two questions, write down your answers to them, and then just have people pop quiz you as much as you can. And honestly, you could even get Callie's people have like little business card type things that literally just have it typed up like the service dogs are allowed and this dog is a service dog with a few more words than that. But she just hands it to people when they start questioning her or maybe give her a hard time. She'll just poop, 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 hand them the card. And I thought that was brilliant. And the cards just stay in Callie's vest. I think it's fantastic, yeah. Mm -hmm. Super smart. Uh, and so Holly just had an experience at Disney. And Disney starts saying, well, yeah, well, we allow service dogs in training. Disney, please. I love you, but you do not allow service dogs in training. The state of Florida allows service dogs in training the same accessibility as fully trained service dogs. There's a reason I live here, and it's not just Disney and Universal. So know what your state's rules are for these things before you travel. And if you are traveling to another state or through another state, know what the laws are. If you're traveling with a service dog in training and you are driving and you plan on stopping somewhere and they are not service dog in training friendly, you have to know that before you get there. Mm -hmm. You know, do you need a pet friendly hotel? You might. You know, do you need a... Uh, to, you know, are you able to take the dog into a restaurant or do you have to go through a drive through or pick up something? You know, so you've got, you've got questions that will come up, right? And it is your responsibility to be able to answer them. Yeah. That's our half of the agreement, you know? Yep. Um, do you know about government buildings? Government buildings are their own. So is a military bases. Mm -hmm. So are military bases, I guess would be the better word. Um, they are all separate. Um, so I recommend checking ye old Google. Yeah, or call. Yeah. Call the front desk. Yeah. There's someone who can tell you or someone that can direct you to someone who can tell you. Do both. Uh, because do both. they might not know. That's true. It happens. Anything else you want to add? Mm, not really. Just that most of my experiences when traveling with my service dog have been overwhelmingly positive. I know we talked about a lot of things on here that could have been could have been scary situations or uncomfortable but most of the time it's worked out just fine yeah yeah because the good stuff doesn't make great stories right, right. it's the complaining mm -hmm. like well i did say about whenever southwest gave me the extra ticket so yeah. i i didn't have to sit by people and that's this time on the flight up there was a woman sitting in front of us and she was telling everybody like her she had twins and one of her twins just had twins and she had flown down to Florida for it. She was telling this whole story and I'm just like, I only have so many spoons when I travel and I just can't right now. I can't people anymore. And she heard that and she was like, I'll leave you alone then. I'm like, thank goodness. And I felt guilty about it because you know, you're as a woman, you're supposed to be nice and friendly to people. And I'm just like, I just can't right now. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to make it through this weekend, I've got to conserve my spoons when I can. And I don't want to have to deal with people. So... I felt bad because I thought if Rich was here, they would have been best friends the whole flight and they never would have stopped talking. But she got me instead. Right? So you've got to do what? Um... Um, someone that said on there about 
Airbnb's pet cleaning fees should be bypassed as well. Yeah, they should. Most definitely. Yeah, they should. Thanks for bringing that up. We totally, I don't do Airbnb and Verbo very much. And when I have, it's been like a pain in the ass and not because of the dog. So. Right. It's been good for me um, for the most part, but I only did them in Missouri. I, I haven't really done them since. My last Airbnb experience for my birthday when we went to SeaWorld. Yes. We got there. Did I tell you that we got to our room and there were other people in the room that had not checked out yet? They had. A, they gave us a door code and everything. We walked in on these freaking people who were still... Surprise! Yeah, like, what are you doing in our room? What are you doing in our room? It was part of your birthday present? Yes, yeah, surprise. Yeah, it was a surprise party. I didn't know what I was having. It was awful. So, just a little, little thing to give you nightmares. Right. <laughs> and we got a couple questions we'll try to answer. Oh, someone said um, their base is going through ADA for them to bring their dog, their service dog and training to work. So That's I awesome. guess the military bases, at least some of them, are doing the ADA requirements. So. Yeah. Um, when applying or interviewing for jobs, is it best to be up front or wait until hired? I don't know. I've never had to be in that position. They are technically not allowed to discriminate against you as a result like because of your disability or your need for a service dog. They're not allowed to discriminate against you, but that doesn't mean that they can't you know, depending on... Now you get how, to clean toilets all the time. Yeah, or say that they denied you for the job for another reason. So I think that would be on a case-by-case -case basis. And how ethical do you think the company that you are applying for is? And if you trust that they're an ethical company who will hire you based on merit and qualifications um, and not, you know, uh, what do they call it? Discriminate, yes. Yeah. discriminate against you. This is why we work out good together. Yeah, she's got me. Um that will not discriminate against you, then I would choose honesty as the best policy right up front. But if you're like, eh, I don't know about these people, but I do, you know, I'm really qualified for this job. This is a job I really want. Then I would wait till you've gotten your offer in writing or that you've been hired in writing and then tell them, okay, and this is my service dog. Like, um, I would see what happens then and, you know, ask for forgiveness, not permission, I guess. And I think it depends on what you're trying to get into also. If you're saying, oh, yeah, I want to work in a kitchen with my service dog, that's not going to happen. Mm -mm. If you're like, I want to work at the front desk with my service dog, that's going to be easier. If you're like, I want to be a server with my service dog, mm -mm. you know, so... Be realistic. Yeah, be like what reasonable. can you do? And that doesn't mean that you have to do a job that you don't want to do, but you can work on finding, uh, finding a way to make it work. So... You know, if you love airplanes, like, and you can't get a job as a pilot or a stewardess, or I'm sorry, flight attendant, like, there's other things you can do, too. Mm -hmm. You can work TSA with a dog, I'm sure. Right? And, and if you're like, well, I had a, a client and she got a job at uh, PetSmart, uh, like, across the country as a trainer. But for that, she had to do cashiering also and, like, just work there. You know, it wasn't all the time training. And when her dog was at the cashier station with her, now don't forget, PetSmart is pet friendly. The dogs would, you know, a couple of them have snarked off at her dog a few times and that could wash out a dog. So you've got to ask yourself, like, how protected is my dog going to be in this situation? And even if you're like, well, we're not going to do PetSmart, right? Yeah, there's still fakers out there. So if you're at the grocery store, is the same thing going to happen? Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking, if you're like, I don't know what to do or, or what should I do in this situation, message us and we'll see. Maybe we'll even do a whole thing on it, but we'll have to pull somebody yeah, in to gonna help. Yeah, it's going to be a case-by-case -case basis for sure because I, I just don't know. I've been a dog trainer for so long. <laughs> and I was a waitress before that and a bar or I was a bartender before that and a waitress before that. So I did substitute two. teaching and I made cakes. 
Nice. That's what I did. I bet you could do a service dog as a substitute teacher, but again, yeah. you would want to make sure, like, do those kids, what's the risk to your dog from the children? What's the risk to the children from your dog? Am I doing high school kids or am I doing middle school kids or am I doing kindergartners who yeah, don't understand, understand not to jump on top of the dog? So Holly says, except for federal government, you do have to fill out a reasonable accommodation form to bring a service dog to work. Or cool. a vet clinic, it's not safe for your service dog to be near sick animals. Very true. Correct. So we've had some Good. people who are um, working in a vet office and they're usually kept in a crate in like the vet's office instead of like intermingling with the clients. Mm-hmm. But even then, I would be like, how useful is my dog to me if it has to be crated all the time? And how safe even in, you know, with airborne viruses and stuff? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. There's just so much to consider. I wish there was just one straight answer for you. But man, life's hard, isn't it? Right. Well, they're asking, do you think you'd be a dog trainer with a service dog? Yes, but it also depends on what you're doing. I would not bring my service dog if I'm dealing with aggressive dogs. Mm-hmm. I would not bring anything other than a flawlessly trained service dog. And I don't care how you train, the dog would be on an e-collar because uh, mistakes happen, guys. So, yes, you can, but it's going to be a question of how are you going to have your car running with the dog in it and a waggle monitor Mm -hmm. uh, while you're working with the client? Are you going to meet the client out in public? What are you going to do? So I do a lot of service dogs now, so I can have my dog and I can have the service dog client out with me. So I worked a lot of behavioral rehab with my service dog, but just like Vicki said, I kept her away from those reactive yeah. animals, from those animals that had the potential to harm her. Did you see in the group somebody had posted that that happened, that, that their dog was attacked by a client dog? Oh my God. And can you imagine if that was your service dog? Mm. You know? Um, so yeah. And then how in depth do you go for your answer to what tasks do they perform keep it vague or add more detail uh, it depends on how bitchy i'm feeling at the time i'll start vague and then ask add more detail if they ask yeah i'll yeah. start like you know it's medical alert response recovery whatever and then if they go well what's that then i'll say okay and i'll tell them and yeah they go well that doesn't sound real then i'll go well it is and <laughs> walk through yeah like so Universal asks, Disney doesn't ask, so, and Universal, it's so cute because they come up and they're so proud of themselves that they have their two questions and they know what it is. So they're coming up and you say, yes, medical alert response and recovery. They're like, huh? And then they ask again. So you can't like nip it in the bud, right? You have to wait, wait for them to do the whole, whole thing. And then you say, Yes. And then, or sometimes I'll say in training, because we'll bring them at eight weeks old sometimes. And then they'll talk, what are the tasks? And I'll usually say medical alert, response or recovery, um, mobility or light mobility, and uh, retrieves. Oh, well, like, what's medical alert, response or recovery? He monitors my medical condition and alerts me before it gets bad. And if something does happen, he will respond and help me with recovery. Mm-hmm. Oh. So that didn't give a whole ton more information. It didn't get, like, detailed. It didn't give any personal information about Vicky, but it likely cleared things up for the person asking the question a little bit. Yeah, no, if, if they say, well, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. No medical condition. I don't have to. And if they get jerky, I could be like, how was your last colonoscopy? Mm-hmm. Tell me all about it in detail. The viscosity of your last bowel movement? Did it feel like, was that all right? Do you think maybe there's something wrong with you? Right. Did you look at it? 
Um, Hollywood did a water park one time. I will never do it again with a dog. It was a pain. Yeah, that's probably why they were such pain is because of all the water, because it is really... Yeah, it was me and the dog waiting in the food area. It was at Disney. Like, they let me in, um, and it was with Arrow, and we met Stitch. But um, we waited in the food area while Rich and Luke went on some rides, and then I wanted to do the Lazy River because those are my favorite. And so Rich held on to him while I did it, and he was like, Mom left me, and she's in the water. So I was like, not, not doing this again. for hygiene reasons that they cannot get in the pool. And it's not safe for the dog either. So they really don't want to be liable for if your dog gets sick because it ingested water. And liable if someone who gets in the water that your dog was in gets Get sick. some kind of... Yeah. So it's for good reason that they don't want your dog in the yeah. water. Yeah. Um, can you describe how to raise a service dog prospect puppy? Is it different than getting a pet puppy? Oh, yeah. And I'm going to say that'll be another podcast. So I think we've already got like half a dozen. In also, you can check out the online course. She goes through a ton, like start to finish in the online course, yeah. especially with puppies. Yeah. And the online course was just recently revamped. So yeah. previous, so if you're on here and you've previously gone through the online course, you still have access to the new one again. Yeah. yeah I got rid of the old one. So the old one's not on there anymore. You got access to the new one. And I didn't charge you any extra and I didn't say, um, that was the old one. This is the new one. Wow. Yeah. No, you got access to it. Um, so yeah, the course, uh, service dog dot teachable dot com. Yeah, teachable. Like, I am very teachable. I am such a good learner. Right? Teachable. Like, reachable, but with a T. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and the links are all under, uh, if you look at our thing, and there's a whole link tree, link thing. Oh, yeah, link tree. I freaking love link tree. It's the best. Okay, so that's it. We went for 90 minutes. Oh, my gosh. There was so much to talk about. And there's so much more. So we're going to aim for this to do. It's a fantastic course, by the way, and they are amazing. So thank you, guys. Um so we're going to try to do this weekly. I can't guarantee that it's going to be every Monday. Pretty much guarantee it's not going to be next Monday. But no, we're going to aim for I'll every be, week. I have to go to, yeah, no. She got to leave me for a little bit. Just a little bit. So it won't be, be on so. Monday. But. but we will aim to do one weekly. So if you guys have ideas or what you want to get covered, let us know. Reach out to us via social media. Email victoria at hopeservicedogs.org. Sam at hopeservicedogs.org. Sam does train dogs who are outside of our breeding program. I do not. Mm-hmm. So, um, we will, like, I'll talk with this about it. Um, I've been doing service dogs and dog training for close to 20 years. And my focus right now is the dogs that we produce from our breeding program. Yeah. And Sam has extra energy. Yeah. So I'll do some, some of hers and I just don't have as much. I'm not breeding them. I'm not, you know, running all these social media platforms. So I'm able to take a couple of hers and a couple of outsiders. I don't do the intensive behavioral rehab anymore. I still use a lot of what I learned from those dogs in my dealings with the dogs I train now, but I do not do that. I have lots of great people that I, well, I have a few really great people that I can refer for those intensive behavioral rehabs, but it ain't me no more. Great. Aw. So that's it, guys. Um, like, follow, share, subscribe. Find us on social, or on uh, podcasts. Yeah, Find us say, on hey, social somewhere. media. Yep. And then we will see you guys next time. Is it hasta luego? <laughs> Is that how we are? So there.